I want to talk with you in the, in the next few minutes about, about a simple, simple subject, one word subject, if you will, and that word is with. Uh, turn to somebody that you're close to and just say with. And if you're married to them, say, I, I'm with you and you with me. You know, you're kinda, that, that's enough. Don't, 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 don't get too romantic. This word with, and, and I have with me this morning, um, uh, my lady this morning, uh, Mary Blake, as she's here. Wave your hand there, honey. Amen. You know, I'm a guy that believes in magic. And I tell you, from the day I met her, it's been magic, and the show is still going on right now. Yes. I think about 48 years or somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah. Fireworks, yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> this word with, the definition of the word with is to accompany, to be by, uh, to be alongside, this word with. The word with means a lot to us as believers. Just think about, just think about this word with. See, Jesus was, was sitting at the, at the Last Supper, and uh, he, was, he was conversating with his disciples. And in the conversation with the disciples, he said something in John, the 14th chapter, and verse 18. He says something, amen, that sticks out with me uh, because of the, of the work that we do uh, in the area of orphan care. But listen to what he said to his disciples. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He says, I won't leave you. As an orphan, I'm going to come to you. It is this spirit that allows Christians to come out and understand that God is ultimately the highest level of, of parenting or with that there is. Matter of fact, in John 14 or Romans 8 and 15, he said, amen, he said that, that he is to be called the Abba. Father, and that Abba Father really means that I am the one that not not only is is the parent, but I will also be with you and beside you. So he uses these words to describe his relationship with some men who had no clue of who he really was. They had no a, no idea that he was telling them that I'm not going to leave you as a spiritual orphan, but I'm going to be one that when you really learn to pray, according to Matthew 6 and 9, when you really learn to pray, you're going to pray, Our Father, our Abba, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come on earth. Amen, as it is in heaven. He, he is saying that, amen, you're going to have a relationship with me out of the fact that I will be with you and I will be in you. Now, I don't know about you, but amen, there, there is there's some folk that you know, regardless of what happens, they're going to be there. And then there's some folks that you know that depend on what's happened, they're not going to be there. 
But one thing we do know beyond any doubt in our minds is that God is going to be with us. See, during this COVID time that we've been in, you know, uh, this COVID time really got, got us in a situation where, where we don't know whether we're with or without or in or out. You know, the, the, the other week, uh, my brother uh, is in Houston, and he contracted COVID. And so we went down to be with him. So when we, when we went down to be with him, of course, we had to be with him and, 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 and be around him. He did not want to go to the hospital, uh, so we had to beat him up and drag him, uh, almost. We finally got him to go to the hospital, and we got him there, and uh, uh, he was there, and his, his oxygen level was low, and they, uh, they treated him, got his oxygen level up. He's at home. He's doing fine now. But we had to then come back and go into quarantine. Now, now let me tell you something. 14 days or how many other days we spent in quarantine. If, if you, when we were, when we were young, first married, uh, quarantine 14 days wouldn't have been no problem. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I won't go any further with that one. But when you get old and you got things to do and all that kind of stuff, you know, 14 days is a long time. To be where you can't, and, and folks got to bring you your food, bring you your stuff, put it on the door, and then you got to go to the door, get it, come in, and no one can come in, nobody can go out, you know, quarantine. Quarantine is, is even though we were with one another, uh, that quarantine uh, uh, had another definition of with. During this time, we, we learned something about society, and we learned something about ourselves. And I read somewhere that, that man's deepest suffering is not physical pain, but it's isolation. Can you imagine, can you imagine if you were Adam in the garden, all by your lonesome? Isolation Isolation gets us in a place where there is a break in in any kind of contact. Sometimes even that contact of reality for our own selves. But God has given us a great promise. And that promise is I am going to be with you. Everybody say with. How powerful this word is. Even though we don't understand it. Even though we really say it so many times. Amen. This word with is very powerful. In Matthew 1 and 23 it says, it says this. They shall call his name Emmanuel. Which being interpreted is God with us. In John 1 and 14. Jesus said. Jesus became flesh and he dwelt among us, or he dwelt with us. In Revelations uh, 21 and 3, we read here that, that at the end, he, he says, I am going to be with my people. God is letting us understand that he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. But for those of us who really understand the power of God's presence, he said, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to be in you, and I'm going to be, I'm going to leave you another comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, which will be a paraclete, and he is going to be alongside you and with you. When you understand God's power of with, 
Then you're able, amen, to, un- to have God's presence and God's powerful in your life, in your mind, in your spirit, in a way that no one could ever feel. This word, with. This word, with. Now listen, we all, we all tell people, you know, hey, don't worry about it. You know, I got your back. And I used to have some buddies, amen, that I used to hang with that I felt like they got my back. One time we had, we had, had a little, little problem in the, in the community. And uh, there was this group called the, uh, see, there was, there was the hill on Carruthers. And then there was, there was the flat. Well, I lived in between the hill and the flats. So I didn't really know for one time or another which group I was with or which group was with me. And when I really wasn't sure, I just went home and didn't worry about it. But the power of the fact that it doesn't matter what you're going through, God has a promise of the with. Now the word with is the axiom in which all scriptures pivot. It is, it is divided in these three areas, and I want to share this with you today, and I'll be done. First of all, it is God with us. Second, it is us with God with us. Then it's us with others. And third, it is God with us as we collect together and what God empowers us to do when we leave out of these doors. There's an area of ministry and power that God gives the church that says that you are no longer just come to celebrate, have a good time in the building, and do not do the width when you leave the door. Because, amen, you make the difference on how the world really spins because God gave the power of the width to the church. He told the disciples, he said, now I have to go away. But I'm going to leave you another, which is the Holy Ghost, and it's going to be with you. But amen. But I'm going to send you forth, and, and then you will go to all nations and preach the gospel to everyone. That's all nations, all ignos, every race, every gender, no matter what color. I'm going to give you the power to do it. You know, I don't know, I don't really understand all the stuff about race these days. I really don't understand it. I don't. I really don't understand the thing. You know, because really, we're nothing but organized dirt. (laughs) Think about that. You know, (laughs) from the dust, God made Adam, didn't he? He made man from the dust. Now, he made some white dirt. He made some brown dirt. He made some black dirt. He made, he made some skinny dirt. And he made some not so skinny dirt. When we die, we're going back to the dirt. So when someone makes a big deal over color, you say, hey, just chill out. We ain't nothing but organized dirt. So it really doesn't make a difference because God told the disciples, I'm going to send you out and I want you to, to then reach every nation, every, every color, every 
part of the world. You are called to reach those that are lost regardless of how poor or how rich or how black or how white or brown they are. You reach them. And when you do, I'm going to be with you. See, the amazing thing about us as, as a church, we do a great job in evangelizing overseas, but not too great of a job evangelizing over tracks. Let me say that one more time. We do a great job evangelizing overseas, millions of dollars, over, but not, we don't quite get how to do it over the tracks. But God said, I'm going to be with you. Then you need to be with them. Are, are, are we in the building yet? So, when we look at John 14, it says, this is the spirit of truth. Who the world cannot receive. Because they neither see him nor know him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you and you will you will not be left as an orphan i would not leave you as an orphan so what is an orphan an orphan is really a fatherless child that's why the word widows and orphans are put together many times because it may be a living mother but the wage earned of the father in biblical times was not there, was not present, was dead, or maybe relationally dead, like they are today. There are many fathers, they're, they're breathing, but to the family, it doesn't matter if they're breathing or not. They're absent, leaving children as orphans. God was talking to his disciples. He said, I am going to be with you and then you're going to be together and then you're going to be with them god with us think about that father god with us see the scripture says in in acts the 13 uh uh fourth uh chapter 13 verse when they saw uh the courage of peter and john they were astonished because they noted that these men had been what with Jesus. When you come in here and worship on Sunday morning, here is the here's the wonder, amen, of God with us. When we come in, we come in from various places, but when we come in here, we know that we're going to come in and be in the presence of God. We're going to be in the power of God. And one thing about collective worship is, is when we come in, God, God said, amen, where two or three gather together in my name, I'm going to be in the midst of you. It means something to come together because God said, I'm going to meet you there. In Acts 4 and 13, it says this. And they saw the courage of, of Peter and John and they were astonished. Amen. And Matthew 28 and, and 20. It says this. It says, Jesus' final words was a promise to them. And he said, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. We understand the power of being God with us. Many times we miss the power of God using us with them. Man's deepest suffering, 
deepest suffering is his isolation. But what is the world's deepest suffering? I believe the absence of the church. Listen, believers, I believe this with all my heart. The answer to poverty is not government. The answer to, to orphan, the orphans in the world is not child protective services. But the answer is the church, the ecclesia, the called out. See, we are called out or we're called in so then we can go out. So it is an in and out job. You come in and then you go out. But many times we come in and enjoy the worship band. Wasn't they great this morning? Give God a hand praise for the worship band. We come in and enjoy the worship band and, and maybe enjoy the preacher, if it's Pastor Lennon. But then we leave to go back to our regular closets of isolation. Without even understanding that on your way home, you're passing needs. You're passing those that are lost. You're passing those, amen, that have the need for the church to be with. See, we are the church. And God expects us to be the church. So we're with others. Many of you here, you're with a spouse. Many of you here maybe have a good relationship with a neighbor. But God is calling us to have a relationship with sinners, with sinners, with sinners. See, there was a story in Luke, the 10th chapter. And a rich guy came and said, hey, I want to know who's this neighbor stuff. And Jesus didn't answer directly because he understood the surroundings. He said, there was a certain man that was on his way down uh, on, the, on the Damascus Road. And on the way to, on the Damascus Road, thieves, amen, came upon him, beat him up and left him there to die. Two preachers came by, went on the other side. He said, then a Samaritan. Samaritans and Jews didn't have any dealings with one another. But then a Samaritan came by, amen, dressed his wounds, picked him up, took him in to a local place where, where he could be cared for, and then told him, whatever it is, I'll pay it. And then he said, now you tell me who was the neighbor. Everybody had to respond, the one who cared for them. See, let me tell you something, my friends. Amen. Amen. When someone is hurting, they do not care about your pedigree. They do not care, amen, what side of town you come from. Only one they, they care, only thing they really care about is do you care about them? And here's the power of you caring about them is when you know that God paid the ultimate price through Jesus Christ to care for you. See, I, I, I love the scripture that I learned in Sunday school. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I just, in, in the Bible school when I was a kid, I just quoted it because we had to learn it and we got some, some cookies and, you know, because we quoted it. Later, I put my name in it. God so loved Aaron Blake that he gave his only begotten son to be with me. Isn't that powerful? That 
God loves you so much, amen, amen, that he gave his son, and Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life. You said, we know that elementary gospel, Mr. Blake. We understand that. But my friends, let me tell you something. If you know God is with you, now it's time for you to be with others. With sinners, with sinners, what does this mean? First of all, we, get, we can't judge sinners. Matthew 7, 1 through 12. The Bible says don't judge. At least we be judged. We got to be in a place where we don't judge sinners by what they do. Because sin will have you doing crazy things. Don't you remember? <laughs> sin will have you in a place where your decisions is based upon your pressure. So one time, when you see people make crazy decisions, it's not because they necessarily don't know your style of living, but they're living out the only style that they know. Loving others, 1 Corinthians 16 tells us, do everything in love. Oh, I wish... I wish the Democrat and Republican Party knew, knew that. <laughs> Folks ask me, say, Mr. Blake, what are you? Are you, a, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? I say, I'm a Jesus crat. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that's a, a party or not, but if it is, let's, let's get on with it. Jesus showed sinners... Grace and mercy. He ate with sinners. Why did he do it? Because he went to be with them so they could be with him. Zacchaeus climbed up in the sycamore tree. Remember that story? Jesus said, hey, Zach, come, come, come on, come, come on, come down, Zach. Because I'm going to your crib today and I'm going to be with you. You remember that story? Jesus had a way of being with folks, amen, that made other folks nervous. Jesus told the disciples, said, listen, I got to go by a well to see a lady, but you guys ain't ready for this. So, uh, won't y'all catch me later? He went by and asked a, a lady for a drink of water. She didn't know who she was talking to. And he gave her so much water that she's drinking for forever and ever and ever and ever because she, he decided to be with her. With. God has a plan for this church. And let me tell you something. It is no accident that you are in this church, in this town, and in this community, God has assigned it for this church to be with this city and to be with this community. And God is fixing to blow something up because he is with this church and he is with you and you're with him. And God's going to do something powerful in this place. Can somebody say amen up in here, up in here? As the worship team comes, I want you to consider three things here that I've just stated. Have you understood and recognized 
that God is with you? Have you really? I'm not talking about just Sunday morning with. I'm talking about every day, every hour, every experience. No matter what you're going through, no matter what your family is going through, no matter what the pressure is, at work, wherever it is, God said, I'm with you. I got this. You maybe have a situation with your family, children. God says, I'm with you. I'm with you. And if he's for you, he's more than the world against you. But then now God wants to move you to be with others. Have you thought about it? Right now, you probably know some people right now. You probably can name four or five people that you really wish you were bold enough to say, do you know Jesus? He loves you. And I love you too. God with us. Us together. And then us with sinners. We do work in orphan care. Over 30,000 kids in Texas. Over half a million in the U.S. 140 million in the world. We started a little ministry 20 years ago to tell churches we need to be with them. This abortion situation it's not government. I don't care what the law says. It's a call for the church. If the babies are not aborted, then where they're going? We cry out about the unborn, but what about the born? Are we ready to be with? Pastor asked me, he said, how do you want to do the service now? And I said, I, Pastor, I really don't know. How do you know me? He said, whatever the Holy Spirit says. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying somebody needs to say, me, I need to be with God and God needs to be with me. I believe somebody here saying, I need God to be with me so I can be with my family, so I can be with my church, so I can be in a small group, a life group. And I need God to be with me so collectively we can then be with them. If God is saying that to you, grab your wife and head to the altar today. If you're not saved, say, I want God with me. This is a time for you to come. God is here. And he wants to be with you. You can come. Father, blessed right now.